The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning. Well, 70% of you have a problem. And this is like a problem, you mean singular? That's good. You know, just one problem would be great. But 70% of you deal with this. In fact, this problem, there's 38,000 deaths per year that can be attributed to this issue. It causes uh, heart disease. It causes depression, obesity, and just general grouchiness. 64% of teenagers, researchers should say, use this as an excuse for poor performance at school. It's lack of sleep, insomnia, the inability to get to sleep. Michael Jackson, just a few months before he died, is recorded saying, I would pay anything in the world, any amount of money, if I could just get a full night's sleep. In 1920, Americans got an average of nine hours sleep a night, and now we get seven or less and brag about it like it's a, you know, like it's a badge, like well, I only slept four hours, and I'm a pleasant person. Albert Einstein slept 11 hours a day. Thomas Edison, he survived on quick little 15-minute naps. But I see more and more often people that come to me that are just weary. You know, after the service, when I say come down and talk, I'd love to talk to you about anything you want to talk about. I see weariness in people's eyes. And many times that weariness comes from just not resting. And as I was putting this message together, I was thinking about over the last year, how many times as we've chosen a section of scripture or some topics to talk about that we think is going to help the church and help you connect with God on an even deeper level, how many times this idea of rest has come up? And again, we're in Psalm 23 and we're, we're reading through the psalm and all of a sudden this idea of rest comes up again. I think it means God's got a message for our church. God's got a message for our culture God's got a message for you, for that to come up over and over again. God's trying to say, would you listen to me? There's something going on in your life that you need to make adjustments with, that you need to change. You need to live in a different way. You need to understand how I created you. And today, as we go into the next part of Psalm 23, the second verse and part of the, the third verse David, the writer, King David, is talking about rest and what it means for our souls to rest. King David would have been a mistake 
faith-filled, restless, weary leader. Now, leadership alone sometimes causes you just to be weary. But add to that the mistakes that King David had made, all the stuff that was on his plate, and he started to feel weary. And so you heard Psalm 23 read. That's, that's written from the perspective of a person who is painting this picture of, I need help. And he says, God is this shepherd, this all-powerful, all-knowing God is my shepherd, and I'm his sheep. So he wants us to understand God wants to shepherd you, but you first need to understand that you are a sheep. And he carries that theme throughout all of Psalm 23, throughout much of his writings, because he was a shepherd before he was a king, and he's trying to let us under, get us in on understanding God is this shepherd that wants to take care of you, that wants to provide rest for you, and as we'll see today, he's a shepherd that wants to restore us. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have a Bible, please raise your hand. The ushers will give you one of those. Yours to keep. You can follow along in there in Psalm 23, or you can read along on the screen as I read from several passages from God's Word. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. So David is giving us this picture first of a sheep being restored. This is shepherding language. People who would have read this for the first time in that culture, they would have understood what restoring a sheep means. And they would have gotten this mental picture of what it meant for a sheep to be restored. Well, how does a sheep be restored? Well, a sheep's got to be in a place where it needs restoration. And how does that happen? Well, a sheep becomes what shepherds call cast. A sheep gets cast, C-A-S-T. And here's what a sheep looks like when it's cast. Now, it looks like that's a little sheep just rolling over for you to rub its belly like your dog does, doesn't it? But that's not what's happened. This sheep, or any sheep that you see like this, they get heavy with wool, they get tired, uh, they have an itch on their back or something they're trying to scratch, and so they lay down and they, they turn over so far, it's like a turtle. They can't get turned back over. And they kick and they squirm, and you just go YouTube, cast down sheep, and it's funny to watch. <laughs> These sheep are trying to get up, and most of the time, the only way they can get up is for someone, the shepherd, to help them. Now, when these sheep are cast down, when they're laying on the ground and their legs are flailing and they're trying to get up, guess whose attention that attracts? Well, the wolves, the predators, the coyotes, the badgers, the crows, and they're trying to, they're thinking, oh, easy meal. So when this sheep is cast or cast down, it becomes easy pickings. For the predators to have a meal. And just like sheep are cast down, our soul can be cast down. Just like David is talking about these sheep who need restoration. And when David talks about our soul, he, he's talking about this, this invisible, intangible, immaterial part that, that's on the inside of you. That's the real you. Not, not what you see on the outside. And, and it's really important that we get the difference. 
Because you can fix up the outside of your body and make it look awesome. You can be ripped, you can be buff, and people go, oh, if I could just have a body like that, or wives like if my husband, honey, please, just P90X, please, just for a little while. You can make the outside look wonderful. But if you miss what's on the inside, you miss everything. You've missed life. Because here's the deal. The outside, it's kind of like your car. You can fix it up. You can put new parts. You can take care of it. But eventually, it's going to wear out. It's going to be finished. It's going to be irreparable. This is encouraging, right? It's like, thanks, I feel great now. You made me feel even better about myself. But that's where our bodies are headed. So David is trying to say, focus, think about God restoring your soul, that part of you that is the thinking part, that is the feeling part, the place where you feel peace or anxiety or guilt or freedom, the place where we often condemn ourselves or give up. And he's saying when a soul is downcast, when a soul needs restored the way a sheep needs restored, you're at a place where you need a shepherd. When our souls are down, when our souls are cast, that's when, that's when addictions come into our lives. That's when relationships are broken. That's when big mistakes happen. When we're laying on the ground spiritually and we can't get up and this big predator called Satan is like, oh, now is the perfect time. They're down. Their defenses are down. They're tired. They haven't rested. They can't get up by themselves. So now I'm going to get them. And that's when people start to make big mistakes in life. David understood this well when he wrote in another Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And I bet you have asked yourself, you've thought or looked in the mirror and said, what is wrong with me? Why can't I snap out of this? Why do I, why do I feel this way all the time? Why can't I forgive? Why can't I forget? Why can't I do this differently or that differently? That's what David was dealing with. He was saying, soul, what is wrong? And he knew that his soul was cast down the same way a sheep gets cast down in the field. And he knew that he needed help. And he knew that he needed restoration. And if you don't get anything else this verse says, or this verse and a half says, it is saying, God can restore my soul. Because when those sheep get cast down, when they're laying on the ground, most of the time they have no hope of getting up on their own. But when the shepherd gets to them, he kneels down and he picks them up and he puts them between his legs and he puts his hands around them and he just holds them there while their feet, their legs get a little more steady And then he slowly lets them go, and then they can walk again. And that sheep is then called restored. And David is saying, that's what God can do to your soul. So if you're feeling like my soul is down, it's cast, I don't know what I'm getting. God says, just let me be your shepherd. Just let me hold you. Let me pick you up. And then it's going to be okay because I'm your shepherd. I'm here. I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to restore you.
And I would say in a crowd this size, some of you came in feeling really heavy. Something on your heart, something going on in your life that makes you feel heavy. And God says, let me restore you. And David talks about this. This is how, this is how a shepherd restores sheep. What's he do? Well, he, he, makes, he makes them lie down. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. When a shepherd leads sheep to a green pasture, he leads them there to lie down. He doesn't lead them and, you know, they're all lined up and he says, all right, it's a buffet, guys. Have at it. That's not why he's leading them to the pasture. He's leading them to the pasture to lay down and to rest in his safety, in his peace, in his comfort. Sheep, this is interesting, sheep don't eat laying down. We do, you know, bag of Cheetos on the couch watching TV. But sheep don't do that. They only eat standing up. So when he says, he makes me lie down, he gets them in the pasture and he lets them know and the sheep know it's safe to lie down. It's safe to rest because my shepherd is watching out for me. And the sheep probably don't know this, but the shepherd has prepared this green pasture for them. Because if, if you're in the Middle East where this was written, where, this, where David would have been a shepherd. The only way to get a green pasture in the middle of a desert is to what? You got to create it. You got to clear it. You got to move the rocks. You got to irrigate it. You got to make sure that everything's just right so the grass can grow. So the shepherd would have gone ahead of the sheep and cleared it off and created this safe place for the sheep to rest. You and I need that. We need that place created for us by God to rest. And when sheep are rested, they're much less likely to be cast, like the one you saw on the screen. They're much less likely to to lay down and not be able to get up because they will be rested. Their legs will be strong. Their muscles will be strong. And when we're rested, we're less likely to be burned out. If you're taking notes, write this down. I need a place of rest. If I, I have this place at my house. It's called my happy place. And it's a physical place. My family's in here. They know exactly what I'm talking about. It's my porch swing. It's like a hammock swing. It's real comfortable. It's a great place to take a nap. It's a great place to sit and write. It's a great place to just sit and pray and let the wind blow. It's a place of stillness for me. It's a place of rest. It's a place where I get filled up. Most of our lives are lived empty, are lived just barely getting by. I had this really bad habit. I drive my car on E most of the time. Anybody do that? I mean, to me, the light is a suggestion that you have maybe 60 miles left to go, 70. And when the light comes on, I'm thinking, well, that's three trips to the store. I can go to the mall and get to work, go over to Panera, meet somebody. I actually think through, well, I can go quite a ways. And, and, and when my wife gets in the car and she sees the red lights, like, well, I'm not taking yours, cause, or she puts gas in it for me. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm perfectly okay. It doesn't bother me at all for the light to be on. 
Who does it bother when you get in the lights on? You're like, oh my gosh, I got to go get gas. That doesn't mean get gas right now, just so you know. That means you need to start thinking about maybe getting some gas in your car. And within a couple days, you need to have it. But those of you who are bothered by that light, you've probably never run out of gas. I've only done it once. I've coasted in the gas station a few times, but I've only physically run out of gas, had to go get a can and all that one time. But I know what those of you are thinking, which is what my wife thinks. Well, what if you get in a traffic jam? Or what if you have to take a detour? What if something happens you have to rush out and you don't have time to get gas? What if it's the middle of the night and you can't find a 24-hour station? What? So just it's smarter just to keep your tank full. A lot of people live their lives on E. You live your lives on E in every area. Relationally, it's on E. Your schedule, it's on E because every moment that you have, every minute is scheduled and everything is, is right. It got to happen just like this. And if one thing gets out of place, your life comes crashing down. Some of you are in our financial peace class that takes place on Sunday morning uh, before this service, and we do that on a regular basis. And in that class, the teacher talks about a reserve, calls it margin. And if you don't have financial margin, or if you don't have a financial reserve, and something happens, if your tank, if your financial tank is empty all the time, and something happens, like car breaks down, medical issue, somebody needs help, you're sunk. Because you don't have any reserves. And people live their lives without any reserves. And then something comes along. And that's when you hear a confession of, I'm addicted. Or, or that's when somebody comes in and says, this marriage is over. Or I just can't go another step. Because life was so full of things and the tank was so empty that when crisis comes along, it's detrimental to everything around you. And our souls need rest. Rest refills our tank. Rest gets us ready for whatever is going to come next in life. I have a friend who was playing a volleyball game and somebody came down against his knee and tore a ligament in his knee. Not, not a huge deal, but he had to go and have surgery. And somehow in this surgery, he ends up with some kind of blood infection. It's really serious. And the doctor comes in and says, look, you, you need to fight. This is a serious thing. This is, you know, some people don't snap back from this and you, you've got to fight. Fight harder than you've ever fought in your life. And so he describes a couple of days of just excruciating pain, feeling like he was going mad. And then he gets better, he comes out of it, and he said, told me, he said, one of his friends come in and said, I bet you got close to God during that. And he was like, no, I was close to God before I went into it, and if I hadn't have been, I wouldn't I would have known what to do. So during this time of pain, during this time of difficulty in his life, he was drawing on the reserves from his relationship with God that he had cultivated before the problem came. And that's what God is saying, if you rest... If you fill your tank, you don't have to worry when the red light comes on. You don't have to worry because you'll go and you'll rest and you'll fill your tank back up and your soul will be restored. And God is saying to us, let me be your shepherd. Because you're going to be walking through difficult places. For sheep to get filled up. For them to rest, they need to be in the presence of their shepherd. 
They need to be filled up because they're with him. And just hanging out with their shepherd calms the fear, calms the anxiety of a herd of sheep. If the shepherd is around, they're just calmer. Because they know, well, my shepherd's here. He's going to take care of things. Because a shepherd has to lead sheep through a difficult place from time to time. And later on in this psalm, that's where it talks about, even though I walk through this dark valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shepherd is there with me. And life is like that. We go through difficult times. And David is saying, please get that your shepherd is with you. I, I, really, I really struggle with this whole thing about resting. Because I can go and go and go and go and go for a long time and not rest and feel just fine. But then I get to where I'm running on fumes and then my wife starts to notice, he's being short with me. Or I'm rethinking every decision. Anybody do that over and over and over again? Or my focus is off. Or I'm worrying about every little thing. Worrying too much about what other people think. And, and that's when Cinda will say, you need to go be alone with God. You, know? you need to go somewhere out of my face, please, for a while. <laughs> you know, she doesn't say it like that, but I know. We've been married a long time. I know that's what it means. Go rest. Go get your batteries recharged. Go get your tank filled. Be restored. And if we're going to stay full, which is the way God wants us to live our lives, we have to understand we need a place of rest and we need to be still. David talked about this in another Psalm, number 46, when he said, Be still and know that I am God. There is a way you get to know God in the stillness that is superior to any other way of getting to know him. There is a way of experiencing God in the stillness of life that is better than any other way. But see, we live in a culture that fills up our lives and our schedules with just, who woke up to music today? Lots of us. Who went to bed with music? Lots of us. Who went to bed with the TV on? Who's listening to music in the car? And then when it's still, it's like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. I mean, we've got this order of service that goes through everything that we're doing today and how much time it's going to take and what the lighting cues are supposed to be. And when we go through that, we're saying, okay, now you be sure you're right there so you can walk out there because that only leaves like 15 seconds of silence because if we don't keep things rolling and keep it moving, it'll, we'll lose everybody's attention. They're going to be thinking about lunch or the lake or wherever they're going after this or the bills or the kids. So just keep it going. Keep it fast. Don't let it be quiet to where we're in a culture where silence where stillness is so foreign, it's, it just feels almost unnatural. But if we're ever going to have our souls restored, we've got to learn to be still. And there's this nervousness for some reason inside of us that makes us want to go and go and go. It's because we're sheep. Sheep are, are really nervous animals. They're, they're skittish. And the shepherd, he leads them to quiet waters. And, and David tells us this in this order. You lie down, you calm down, and you rest. And then your soul can be restored. If, if sheep aren't rested, if, they're not, if they don't become cast down, if they're not rested and they're agitated, 
Uh, They get really thirsty, so they're looking for water. And so they go on their own. If the shepherd hasn't taken them or they're not rested, they're not willing to wait, they just, they go on their own. Last week I talked about the the fence crawlers, the sheep that kind of stay out at the edge of the fence just waiting to get through. And those will go and look for water on their own. Now, because sheep are so scared of everything around them, loud noises scare them. So when you go by a stream and it's running over rocks, it makes a lot of noise. So sheep look for these still, quiet pools of water that are not moving, quiet, and they go and get a drink. But they're not smart enough to know which still pool of water to get a drink from. So they'll, they would drink if it was a septic tank and it was still, they would drink that. If it was full of bacteria and parasites, they'll drink that. Thinking it's going to fill them up. Thinking they're going to get their thirst quenched. See, we're more like sheep than we care to admit. See, we go in our lives trying to fill ourselves up with stuff, trying to fill ourselves up with something, thinking if I can just get this, this is going to satisfy this want, this need, this thing that's inside of me. Then I'll be satisfied if I could just get a drink. And so we're looking at things to fill us up that were never meant to fill us up, but we think they do and they will temporarily. But then it's like, oh, I don't feel so good. If you eat something bad, you know, it tastes probably fine going down, but then it's like, oh, honey, you need to stop the car. (laughs) And that's what it's like for us spiritually and emotionally when we're trying to fill our lives up with things that were never meant to fill us up. You know what the shepherd does for the sheep? He goes and finds running water that's clean, that's clear, and he dams up the river or the creek. And he lets that water gather on the other side of that dam until it's still. And then he takes the sheep and he leads them to the water they're supposed to drink that will fill them up. And that's what God wants to do for us as he restores our soul. Is to lead us beside the quiet waters. To lead us to a place where we will be filled up with what he gives us. Not what we go out and find. Not the things that... The world might tell us, hey, this will fill you up. If you could just get this, life will be awesome. Our lives don't have to be filled with just trying to fill ourselves up because the shepherd has created this still place for us to be filled. I will never be renewed without rest. If you, if you want to be renewed, it'll never happen unless you rest. And there are things in life that you will only hear in the stillness. You you can pack your life full of activities and actions and accomplishments, but there's things that you will miss if you don't take part in the stillness that God offers. Now this, this, you're probably thinking, well, where do I go to this quiet water? I want it. Where do I go to where do I go to this green pasture? Well, that's described in the book of Matthew when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, "Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest." See, Jesus is that green pasture. Jesus is that still water who says, "Take my yoke upon you." And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Sounds a lot like David saying, he restores my soul. 
And what Jesus is saying, Jesus was a rabbi, and he's saying, take my teaching. That's what a yoke was. It was the way a rabbi taught, his interpretation of the law. And some rabbis had interpretation that, that burdened people down, that, that caused them to feel like they were always a failure. And Jesus say, is saying, my yoke, my teaching is light, is gentle, is humble, and you can learn from me. And when you carry my teaching, you will find rest for your souls. So if I want to be led to green pastures, if I want to be led to still waters, I need to be still and rest with my shepherd. Now, you're probably, if you're the kind of person that likes the the hand always on full, if you're very accomplished, uh, if you're a hard worker, you're saying, okay, give me like the steps because I'm going to go do it today. I'm going to go rest I'm going to be quiet, and then tomorrow life will be better. Some of you are probably thinking that. You're sitting there with a pen like, okay, i got to have the steps. I know he's going to give steps at the end, something. So, so what are they? Well, this is not like a Wikipedia article. It's not something you can just say, oh, okay, I'll do that. I'll do those two or three things, and life will be great again, and then I'll be rested. Then I'll be still. This is a process, and some sheep never stop being cast down and needing the shepherd to right them. Some sheep never stop crawling along the fence. Some sheep never stop drinking out of the wrong still pools of water. But your shepherd stands at any time ready to give you that green pasture, to give you that still water. And so here's, here's something. If you can do this this week, you will start to feel a difference. And if you're first time to church and you you, uh, this whole open up the Bible thing is new to you, uh, and it's kind of freaking you out what I'm getting ready to tell you to do. I understand that this can be new and foreign, but I believe that you're here for a reason. I believe God brought you here for a reason. I think you're being drawn back for a reason. So give this a shot this week and see what happens. Even if you don't have a Bible, take one of ours or look it up online and read these two verses, these two sections of scripture I'm going to give you. Sometime this week, even if you have three minutes, if that's all the silence you can find, read Psalm 23, verses 1, 2, and the first part of verse 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And then read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And then read it again and again. And as you read that, the Bible says about itself that it's a powerful, God-breathed book. And the breath of the shepherd, you will begin to feel differently as you look at the nuances of all the words that are in there and you begin to meditate upon that verse in stillness. And then the next day, turn to Matthew chapter 11 and read Jesus saying, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest your souls and just read it again and read it again. Schedule a time to be in quiet. Let that be your green pasture.
Let that be your drinking of the still water. Choose a time and place this week and just do it before bed, first thing in the morning, before work starts. At some point, take a few minutes and just try to do that every day. And watch what starts to happen. Your tank that's on E may tick up a little bit. And you do it the next week, it'll tick up a little bit more. And over time, you'll begin to feel the shepherd, Jesus Christ, telling you, you can rest in my pasture. You can drink of the still water that I created for you. And your soul will be restored. That's what he wants to do for each of us. Let's pray. God, thank you for the ability to access you through Christ. God, I pray for the people who are here today that feel like their soul is just heavy. The people who need rest. The people who need to experience restoration. May they take a step today in that direction. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.